Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. President Joe Biden entered office calling climate change one of the top four crises facing the U.S., along with the pandemic, the economy, and racial justice. And to help tackle that issue, Biden created the Climate Policy Office and picked Obama veteran Gina McCarthy to lead it. But now, McCarthy, along with the Climate Policy Office in general, is facing major criticisms from nine Democrats inside and outside the administration who talked to Politico's Zach Coleman. Those criticisms range from micromanagement of other agencies to placing political considerations above climate action and slowing the rollout of environmental justice efforts to help low-income and communities of color. So today, Zach and I talk about those criticisms, how Biden is responding to them, and what this means for Biden's climate efforts. It's Wednesday, June 8th. The Climate Policy Office was kind of the nerve center, as the Biden administration likes to refer to it, for all the climate actions across the federal government. President Biden really wanted this Climate Policy Office to go out into the agencies and basically recode their DNA to think about climate change. But all those actions also come back to the White House eventually, if you have Interior Department or DOE or the EPA working on rules and regulations is now funneling through this climate policy office, which for all the agencies, this is a new innovation. And a lot of the people that I spoke with across the federal family, they were a little bit unnerved with this nerve center because they saw it as getting in the way of things and a lot of politicking ahead of doing the actual work. And it's kind of a natural tension when you have a new office trying to figure out its way in the world, but it certainly has created some spicy conversations. Yeah, one thing that I noted from your reporting, so obviously Gina McCarthy leads this office. She's formerly with NRDC, a big environmental group, but a lot of folks, it seems like, on the environmental left have called for dismantling this climate policy office. So why is that? Well, keep in mind here that Gina McCarthy, before she was at NRDC, was the EPA administrator under Barack Obama, and she came in with a reputation of not being firmly on the side of environmental justice, Now, I'm sure that she would quibble with that, but there are a lot of people in the environmental advocacy community who did not see her as an ally. So I think a lot of the pushback you're seeing from the far left is coming from a place of, well, she's not on our team. But Gina McCarthy has a lot of political experience, and there are a lot of interesting dynamics here at play. It's not just about writing rules that can be overturned by the next administration, as she saw under Obama with President Trump then coming in and reversing a lot of the rules that she helped write at EPA, they put the legislative horse ahead of everything. And you're having to see this trade-off of, do we go ahead with rules and regulations that might upset people on Capitol Hill, or do we hold off and, and let the Capitol Hill conversation breathe? And I think there's a lot of people questioning either side of that strategy, but those are the, the tensions at play here. Yeah. Turning to the Hill, do we know how involved, if at all, the Climate Policy Office has been in crafting major climate legislation? And if they have, 
do the Democrats you've talked to, environmental groups, do they see that as a good thing or a bad thing, how involved the climate office is? Here's the thing. I think there's probably a lot of people who, there are a lot of people I talked to who said, if we didn't have this office, we would have been able to go bolder, more ambitious, faster on rules and regulations and climate action. And we would have enthused the progressive base a lot more. And we would maybe have a better shot in the midterms to keep the rest of the president's agenda afloat. I mean, that's one view of it. The other view of it is the Climate Policy Office has taken a methodical approach to the longer view, the bigger picture, which they see as apparently as wanting to keep the Capitol Hill conversation in play. Now, I've not been in government before. I don't know how much the executive actions affect the Capitol Hill dynamics when you get to this kind of space. But there are some people who I talked to who thought that the Climate Policy Office was focusing too much on Capitol Hill and not enough on what you can control. And now they're coming at it too late and people have lost enthusiasm for the Biden administration. And so how has the administration responded to those criticisms that they are too involved? Well, they've also said, yeah, we've been involved and look at what we did with the bipartisan infrastructure law. I mean, this is not any joke of a piece of legislation. This is hundreds of billions of dollars and tens of billions for climate and resilience and things that will help withstand the effects of climate change and also reduce climate change. So it's not like they've done nothing here. It's just, I think there's an optics thing here. I mean, so much of the conversation is funneled down to is reconciliation or build back better or or President Biden's climate agenda through Capitol Hill going to pass. And you kind of lose sight of a lot of the executive actions and regulations and rules that have taken place. There's quite a bit there. I don't even think I need to go rattle them off, but almost every Trump policy that reversed Obama policies has been reversed by Biden. But that's also kind of the point here. Gina McCarthy says, I've been there. I've seen this movie. So let's try something different. And you know, I think she's taken a lot of heat from the left. She's taken a lot of heat clearly from within the administration itself. But this is the approach that President Biden sanctioned. It may be a little bit of that faith that Congress can still work together and find agreement across parties. And I think that a lot of the people that I talked to who discredit that approach are saying, look, the game has changed. Like, there isn't that kind of agreement anymore. We need to just go full steam ahead and you're getting in the way. Also, major clean energy investors are hopeful that President Joe Biden's new executive actions, including his pledge to freeze tariffs on the sector for two years, will alleviate worries in the solar industry. But they are also unsure if the tariff promise would help restart projects that have been delayed because of the Commerce Department's trade investigation. That's what investors at a webinar hosted by the American Council on Renewable Energy suggested on Tuesday. They were also skeptical about whether a clean energy package that Democrats may try to revive through a party-line reconciliation bill would actually get through Congress given the constrained timeline. But those investors indicated there have been some positive signs from congressional staff. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow.
Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.